0: title of my message this morning is Mary's success and happiness is still doing the simple and biblical things. It's not deep. Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Seems like today the institution of marriage is being devalued and the reason for that as society loses faith in God they lose respect for marriage as God created it. And our nation is beginning to exclude God. We know that. We live in a changing, throwaway society, in a, canc- in a cancel uh, culture society. And uh, they, when they're done with something, they just want to throw it away or they want to tear down uh, what's old and do something that's new that they've never done before. And in the process, they're trying to tear down marriage. Uh, Forty percent of millennials today believe that marriage is obsolete. Forty percent of them. That's amazing. And uh, let me just tell you that they're coming against the Christian church that stands up for the Word of God that says that we are to be married between a man and a woman. Amen. And they hate that for some reason. They don't want to exist and do what they want to do, which they can do whatever they want to do, but they want to silence us from telling the truth of God's word. And so we see that happening. God's view of marriage is very different from what the worldview is on marriage. He created marriage as a unit, That's to help stabilize homes, lives, society. It's the home, it's the family that gives a nation its stability. The legislatures, the lawyers, the psychologists, the psychiatrists, even though they might be nice people, they might help a little bit here or there, but they don't have the correct answers for your marriage if they exclude God. God says this, we are not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. And we are to listen to what God says in his word. God does have the answers for our marriages in his absolute word. Throughout the years, I've learned a few things about God's word and what it says about marriage. First of all, marriage is for companionship, relationship, and physical intimacy. Uh, It's a wonderful plan that God says, I don't want you to be alone, if at all, you can help it. You need somebody to walk alongside of you in your journey of life. And what a blessing that is, is to have somebody there next to your side. We know this, celibacy is not the norm. That's not the norm. If a person says that's what they want to do and dedicate their life to Christ, that's fine. But that's not the norm. But we know that sex is to be within marriage. Uh, You know, our society and our flesh disagrees with that statement. (laughs) But let God be true and every man a liar. Amen? That's what we should follow. Uh, Sex is for having kids. uh, Psalm 127 verse 3 says this, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Children are a blessing to an individual family. And then sex is for a stopping temptation. 1 Corinthians 7, 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not. Don't hold back. Not one, the other. Except it be with consent for a time that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency or inconsistency. God says, I want it to be routine, and I want it to be enough to satisfy your mate so that the devil cannot ever tempt you. So it's to stop temptation. Also, it's for enjoyment. It seems like in Christian churches, people are afraid to mention anything about it. It states in Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18, Let thy fountain be blessed, and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished, completely satisfied, full always with her love. And we know this, that the bed is only as good as the relationship is. If you don't have a good relationship between a husband and wife, then the bed is not that good. And that's just a fact. And sex is for Marriage. It states Hebrews 13:4. Marriage is honorable in all and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Then, something else about marriage: marriage is to demonstrate love, unity, a family, priority of God to our kids. We're to demonstrate these things to our family. They are to learn that family sticks. That family resolves conflicts. They need to see their mom and dads do this so they can learn how to do it in life also. They need to be also to have a purpose, to take responsibility, to respect others, to hang in there through difficult circumstances so that you might grow and have maturity, to allow them to dream, a dream that's realistic, and then how to try to put that down so that they can achieve it, that they might see within that mom and dad a family that's kind to one another, that's forgiving of one another, but above all, that has God first. Our kids need to see that in their parents and with the hope and prayer that when they leave, oh God, please let them leave, but when they leave, They can set up their own home and life and their marriage can work because they've observed the marriage that does work. Amen? That's so important. And then also, marriage is to be lasting. Matthew 19, verse 4, "...and he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. Wherefore, they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. And staying with your mate for a lot of years, it can only be done with the help of God and his grace that he constantly reminds us of the vows that we made to one another, of the commitment we made one to another, of the promises we made before God and before others. When we both said, I choose you, that made your mate special, and they should always remain that way. Now, being realistic, we know this, that divorce happens. We we understand that. We understand that in lives... Problems come. and Sometimes people don't respond the proper way for those problems. We know that there are somewhat innocent people who really tried to make their marriage work. But yet you have to have both in order for it to work sometimes, right? And so we understand all of that. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. I'm grateful for that. We're not here to condemn anybody who's been divorced. As a matter of fact, probably half our church has been. But we're here to help, and we're here to love you in Jesus' name. Amen. you remember Christ said to the woman being taken in the very act of adultery? He said, go and sin no more. And so just say in your heart, though, just say from this point on, from now on, We're going to do what is right, what God tells us to do. And God will honor you regardless of where you are in your life. Also, marriage is choosing the right partner. That's very, very important. You know, your goal is different from a lost person's. Your goal should be you try to marry somebody who's a believer, who's a true believer. And... Your goal is different than a lost person because now that you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will teach you the way to go. Whereas a lost person doesn't have the Holy Spirit. And so they just go by the worldview. And that creates conflict and friction at times. Since you are different, the saved one will say, well, listen, uh, we want a home that honors God. Whereas the lost person... Uh, they say, I want to take care of my own desires first. <laughs> the saved person will say, I want kids to grow up and want to be saved. Whereas the lost person will say, Well, listen, just don't influence them. Don't tell them what to do. Just, just let them choose on down the line here. But the saved person says, You know, I want to go to church. I want to learn. I want to be faithful. I want to fellowship with other Christians. Whereas the lost person says, Isn't Christmas and Easter enough? to go and by the way don't give any of that money away <laughs> The little saved person says you know i want christian friends i want activities that i know can be clean that we can trust that we're going in the same direction whereas the lost person says well those christians are weird you know i i want my old friends. you know the one who loves sports you know, we love our guns and we run and we drink and we gamble and we play around. If you go follow that, your marriage is on a downhill, you're done for if that goes, is the case. Some say, people say, oh, but I love them so much. I'm sure our love will conquer, solve all of our problems and differences. Can we have a good laugh now? <laughs> Oh boy, it goes from then all my love to romance, spark, to routine, fizzle, to roommate, flat. (laughs) Somebody said this, I really like it, love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. Amen, it's an eye-opener. If a marriage today makes it, it won't be, call, it won't be because your mate is cute. It, may, it, it, just won't, it will only make it if you and your mate draw close to God. And as you draw close to God, you draw closer to each other. Marriage calls for romance. <sighs> you all like that romance? You know, when you're dating, you first get married, everything's so exciting. Then after a few weeks, reality sets in. And you begin to see the bills. What? Insurances. (laughs) Car insurances, home insurances, health insurances. It's unbelievable what it costs to live today, isn't it? It's tough. It's rough. I know that. But romance means this. It means looking proudly at your mate. You honor her, him. They're special. Romance is touching, a warm embrace, a clasp of hands. Romance is you telling them you love them. There's one guy in counseling session. The counselor said, listen, your wife needs to hear from you That you love her. You never tell her that you love her. He said, well, I told her three years ago. If I ever change my mind, I'll let her know. That's the way some fellas think. But our mates want to hear that we love them. Romance is doing things for and with them. Our mates should be our best friend. Amen? Should be our best friend. Some people just can't go out and be alone together. They always have to have somebody around. Uh, But it should be just you and your mate at times to be able to, what, draw closer together. And then by respecting them. You respect them because of who they are. They're a child of God. You respect them because they're saved. You respect them because uh, they're your mate. You respect them because... They also have an identity, and we don't want to push that in the background at all. Now, marriage, responsibility of the wives. I want to talk to the wives first of all this morning. Is that okay? Fellow said, I wonder why women pay more attention to beauty than they do to brains. She said, because no matter how stupid a man is, he is seldom blind. I thought that was good now, okay? She said, you know, you remind me of Don Juan. He was flattered. He said, tell me just how. She said, well, for one thing, he's been dead for years. Ah. Young man, young man said, why won't you marry me? Is there someone else? She says, there has to be. <laughs> A successful marriage is more about finding the right person, but it's yourself being the right person. The wife is to do her best to assist her husband To help him become successful. To help him be fulfilled. To help complete him. You as a wife, you're a key. You're his encourager. You're his support. You're his partner. He's your ministry. You're to be involved by praying for him. Nobody knows him like you do. Nobody can pray for him like you do. You need to pray for him, be involved in his life. But the greatest thing is to make a home, a place of peace, of refuge, and of love, ladies. I was talking to somebody today, not just to be repeating something, but... Uh, they said, Well, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a homemaker. I said, Praise God, somebody wants to be a homemaker. You don't hear that too often today. Titus chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste. What's that? What does that say, God? Keepers at home. God's spirit just dropped that in my spirit one day when Zach was talking about it. And uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. That's almost like a no-no today. What in the world's going on? The wife is to allow her husband to lead because she understands God holds him accountable and responsible for meeting the family's needs, for the protection of you. God holds him accountable for the spiritual leadership of the marriage. And when he stands before God as a wife, I want to have done everything I possibly can to help him to be able to stand good when he stands before God. It doesn't mean the wife is a doormat, uninfluential, intellectually inferior or unequal to the man. Doesn't mean that at all. God has set up this order for a reason. First Corinthians 11.3 says this, But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. Man is to be the head of the home. Proverbs 18.22 Whoso findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. Proverbs 31. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. Verse 25 and following. Strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. In her tongue is the law of kindness. She looked She looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. The position of a woman who takes care of her husband, takes care of her home, it's priceless. And especially today. I'm not saying a woman can't work. I'm not saying that. But somewhere along the line, that home is your responsibility, ladies. Somewhere you have to get that job done if you want to follow God's ways. 1 Timothy 2, verse 12, But I suffer not a woman to teach, nor usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. For Adam was first formed, then Eve. And Adam was not deceived but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. You see, the reason that God has set up this order was because Adam was first, that gives him originality. He's the leader, but also because the woman was deceived. And as a consequence of that deceived and falling into sin, she is to follow her husband's lead. I'm not getting any amens. I can feel daggers about this time. And by the way, it's a way of life for all of us. All of us are under somebody. When we go out, we're under the laws of the land, laws of the police, the laws of our government in certain circumstances and so on. We're always under somebody. Ephesians 5.22 Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Hello? Anybody believe the Bible? But also Ephesians 5, 21, that Carol reminds me, submitting yourselves one to another. So submission comes from both ways at times, doesn't it? There's a give, I told you before that Carol is to be submissive to me as long as I tell her and ask her what do I do now. And then the responsibility, marriage responsibility of the husband. Can I get an amen, ladies? Yeah, I've hit you hard. Okay, now let's hit the man just a little bit. You know the men used to always complaining to me. Says why on Mother's Day you just lift the moms up and it's good, good, good. But when it's time for Father's Day, you hammer us and almost send us to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Husband said, "Honey, you have a huge lower lip, but I don't mind." She said, "You don't?" He said, "No." Your lower lip covers it. But I just thought I'd say that. You'll get that. (laughs) I thought that was funny. The girl said, You finally asked Daddy for my hand in marriage? What did he say? The young man said, Not a word. He just fell on my neck and sobbed. (laughs) The wife said, Honey, I dreamed you gave me $100 for summer clothes last night. You wouldn't spoil that dream, would you, dear? The husband said, of course not, darling. You may keep the $100. Some of you are trying to figure that out. Truthfully. (laughs) For the men. my wife she's the main responsibility outside of christ of course she's my main goal her welfare is my main responsibility before all others and other things i'm to observe to evaluate her needs her strengths her weaknesses her gifts her fears her dreams 1 Peter 3, 7 says it like this. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, your wives, according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel. That weaker just means she's gentler. She's feminine. She's not masculine. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. It's my responsibility to do my best to help meet the needs of my mate. And that takes time. That takes effort. That takes focus. I have to stop focusing on myself and focus on my mate. God wants me to do that. And love for her. Men, we're to love our mates as much as Christ loves the church meaning we're willing to sacrifice whatever's necessary to sacrifice and meet her needs. You say, love, where is that found in the Bible? We just read it, Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, we're to love our wives. I'm willing to give whatever's necessary to make my wife happy or fulfilled or steady, whatever. And then also Titus 2, four, that they may teach the young women to be sober to what? To love their husbands. I heard for years that it was a myth that the wife had to love her husband. <laughs> then I looked and saw that verse, I said, bingo. Huh? They're to love their husbands. Now we husbands are to demonstrate our love for our spouses with our words, We're not to be demeaning, put down, abusive, but our words are to be gracious. We are to assist with chores. When's the last time you ever said, how can I help you, honey? How can I help you? We also, by allowing her to be part of our life, we need to understand this marriage relationship and journey we're on is a partnership. We're a team. We do this together. Also, don't compare her with other women unless to praise her. You need to be a one-woman man and don't make her ever doubt. Amen? As I've said before, don't be like Eve who counted Adam's ribs every night when he came home from work. She said, are you seeing somebody else? <laughs> he said, who else? Continue to thank her for all the things she's done to help please you. When's the last time you ever say, honey, I want to thank you for all your hard work. I really appreciate it. And that way you're not taking her for granted, are you? Also, continue to thank her for those things, but also... Seek your wife's counsel. Your wife is your best friend, and she sees things you don't. But when you put your thinking together, you're completed. Now, men, don't miss this. As a leader, lead. Not as a dictator, not as a king, not as a boss, but your shepherd. Follow me because I follow Christ. And if you men don't do that, that's when row R-O-L-E, Ro reversal takes place. All of a sudden, you begin to see the woman begin to lead the home and the man seemingly becoming feminine and a wimp. And by the way, because men have vacated responsibility Wives have had to step up to make sure things get done. And that's a shame to us men. Amen? Husband, this means, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's automatic. Sunday comes, get up. Let's go to church. Well, I don't feel like it, Dad. Get up. We're going to church. That's what we do as a family. Amen? What's the problem here? It means you try to live biblically. You try to solve problems in a biblical way. You don't follow the world's view of life. You follow God's word as the view of life, and you lead in that direction. But all important is your relationship to God. As a man, you need to be saved. If you've never been saved, you'll never be what God wants you to be. You might be nice, you might be kind, but in the end, you didn't do it God's way. The Bible says you're a sinner and you're on your way to hell. But Jesus Christ was sent by the Father to die for your sins, be buried, and rise again so that your sins can be forgiven if you would believe in Him and His work. You need to be saved. Then you need to be surrendered. There ought to be times in your life when God speaks to you through his word and you're willing to say, God, here I am, all of me. You can have it. God, your Lord. Whatever you want for me. I'm dying today so you can live through me today. Then we need to be sound in our faith. You need to know what rightly dividing is about. You shouldn't walk around and say, well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure. You're the leader. You should know. If you don't know, you find out. You come, you learn, you dig, you grow, you mature. No, that was for Israel. This is for the body of Christ today. Then you need to be serving. God's given everybody a gift. You can do something somewhere Uninvolvement leads to uncommitment. That's just automatic. And then you need to be seeking. Always seeking God through his word, through your life. Paul says, listen, I'm forgetting those things I've ever done in the past. I'm reaching forth the things that are ahead. Paul says, I'm not perfect yet until I get to heaven. (laughs) But I'm seeking. I'm going forward. And that's what God wants from you. A successful marriage requires falling in love many times, always with the same person. Amen? You can fall in love many times. Why is it important to love your mate? Love covers the multitude of sins. (laughs) And it helps stop fights. Uh, Amen, I'm proof of that. I've had to put up a lot with Carol. But I love her. You know that's a lie. (laughs) Your decision is we're making divorce from this point on. Not an option for us. This means as a husband and as a wife, we will not live as the world, but as Christ wants us to. I close with this story, true story. At a funeral service, a minister read a letter from a lady to her husband. The lady wrote, Dear Jim, thank you so much for taking me on our trips this past week to see the autumn colors. I always love being with you. Thank you for buying these note cards, which, you see, I like so very much. Jim... I love you more today than I have ever loved you. Amazingly, this little note was read at a memorial funeral service. The letter was written some 50 years after the couple had been married. It was written just days before the sudden homegoing of this lady who wrote it. 50 years and on, still writing love notes, still taking trips, still saying, I love you. Some people think, is that even possible? (laughs) It's a result of a steady daily commitment to take our marriage seriously and take hold of the partner God has allowed us to have at this time and build that relationship up on the foundation of Christ. It's possible. I know that when Carol and I were married, they gave us a couple months. (laughs) Not because of Carol, but because of me. I had never learned to write in different areas. I allowed the world, the flesh, the devil to control me all my life. But I was a nice person. I don't know why Carol fell for me, but I'm so grateful she did. (laughs) But over the years, after I got saved... Christ began to do a work in me. And as you study the Word, you begin to see what is wrong in your life and what is right should be in your life. And you begin to put off the old and you begin to put on the new. And the more you do that, the better your relationship with God, the better your relationship with your mate, with your family, with life. God's done a great work in my heart and my life and Carol's through our marriage. 57 years so far. Isn't that amazing? 57 years. It's amazing. It just seems like yesterday. Time passes so fast. But I'm so grateful for the one God has allowed me to walk with in spite of me. And I just think people say, I know it's so hard. I just want to slap him. Wake up. If Jim Damney can do it, anybody can do it. That's the way I feel. Because God took a wretched sinner, saved his soul, began to change and mold his life. Still not perfect, we know that. But he's working on trying to be what God wants him to be. And as a result of trying to do what God wants me to do and be, God has gelled our lives together. And he will yours too if you just yield to him. Father, we love you this morning. I just pray, God, that there might be some folks here this morning, they might be struggling in their marriage. May they realize there's hope. If the man will step up and be what you want him to be, if the wife will be willing to yield to you and what you want her to be, you put that together with you and your word and with the Holy Spirit. Anything's possible <laughs> if they just do it your way. Help us to make a decision. I'm not going to live the world's viewpoint about marriage, I'm going to live the word's viewpoint on marriage. And if they do that, God, they can have a happy, successful marriage. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.